0: Passo a Passo. Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Paso a Paso podcast. My name is Miles, and I'm glad to be with you here on another episode. In today's show, we have another guest who we have yet to hear from, and we're so happy she's with us today to share some additional perspective on uh, the landscape of early childhood and children and parents and families in Taos, New Mexico, as we like to provide. Uh, thanks for being here, and would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Well, certainly. Thank you, Miles. My name is Michelle Hunt. Um, I am the director and school leader at the Anansi Charter School. Um, I'm a member of PASO, but I don't always get too many opportunities to interact with that group due to the responsibilities of running a kindergarten through eighth grade public school in the community of Taos and particularly this year in this challenging time of our pandemic. Um, So I'm pleased to be here today and happy to share some ideas and some methodologies and, and thoughts that I've used to support the families that are part of the Anansi community, and perhaps they get to trickle out a little bit to other families.
0: Thank you so much for being here and for sharing um, your perspective on, on these topics. Um, yes, and as you mentioned, for those unfamiliar, PASO is a network of uh, providers and people that help support families of young children. Um, and um, But we also want to shed some light on additional perspectives from the community, and, and you happen to help us with both, so we appreciate that. We spoke a little bit before we began recording this episode, um, and we thought that something that might be nice to touch on and helpful to touch on and not something we've spoken about earlier on this podcast and series is the change of pace, the change from day to day that all of us are having to experience and adjust to. And that can kind of throw people off a bit, can it, Michelle?
1: It certainly can. Um, it's challenging to, op- to function and completely operate from your home for all aspects of child rearing, educating, employment, um, you know, establishing boundaries for that and figuring out what your routine's going to be like um, is really quite difficult. And for kids to know how to get excited and how to engage through a screen um, as a learner, particularly a young child in that experience, is, is really quite challenging. Um, for everyone. So, you know, I try to start with um, in, encouraging parents to, to take a step back and take it easy and take some deep breaths and sort of assess what's essential and what's needed. And of course, um, attending school for our children is really critical and finding ways to connect socially. Is, is essential in their, their daily life as well as spending time outdoors, um, having opportunities to play, figuring out how to p- have opportunities to play with others. Um, and I'm looking more from that school age population um, as opposed to the, the you know, birth to four year old years is, is the group that I support and, and assist. Um, And we've had some very exciting things happen at Anansi with our, our younger children. So I'd be happy to share a little bit about that as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, if now's an okay time, I'd love to hear more about that.
1: Okay. Um, Well, some things that right from the beginning of school, and it's it's never too late to get these things set up, and we're still helping families get these things accomplished in their homes, is to create a space that's known as their, their learning space for school time, not that the whole, their whole life and their whole um, experiences in their day are learning times for young children, um, and if we're paying attention for all of us, but for kids, you know, defining the space that's school and whatever your school um, has given you as the learning tools for your child to have a like a a kit or a tote or. A shelf that you've dedicated to keep those school things in the same place so they're there for your child every day. Um, And making that space free of distractions. If there's a place in their bedroom that that works well, then terrific. If it needs to be, you know, in the living room or at the kitchen table, those things are all fine, but you just want to have at least you know, Even if it's a, a milk crate or a cardboard box, that there's a place that those are my school things and when it's my school time, I have a way to get those things out and set myself up and have the help of my parent to get myself set up for my school day. And then some other routines really help with that. The school gives everybody a structure as far as times that the child needs to complete specific tasks every day. But just that routine that we're gonna keep up What we've always done, we have a time that we eat breakfast together. We have um, a bedtime, a wake-up time. We eat our meals. We take breaks. And using the cues from a school setting of making sure you take times to consider recess or play times in between the learning times is really helpful to the kids to have that structure and know what's expected. I think when kids know – what's expected in situations, it helps them to relax and to feel comfortable um, with what they, the tasks they need to attend to. Um, and so those are some, short, some real simple basics that we go with um, in our setting to get kids started on um, knowing how to be a learner each day and how to interact and be part of their group. Um, keeping those tools at the ready for school really helps them be successful, um, in the school environment and, and making sure that everything doesn't happen on a screen is also really important for the children, especially our younger kids. But actually we found our kids the whole way up through eighth grade, um, Really appreciate opportunities to do things in an interactive way through having you know the the real deal of paper books, <laughs> pencils, science kits they can interact with, um, and then opportunities to chat with peers about what they're doing. And that brings me back to the parent again of making sure we we're, we're taking that time to have conversations still about what happened in the classroom or the books that we're reading together or having time for curiosity every day um, with our kids. And I know that that's tough with um, everything that's going on in trying to hold a job and complete our own tasks while our kids are also um, learning. And as a parent, knowing that now I'm my child's teacher, I'm their parent, I'm their disciplinarian, I'm their organizer, I'm their caregiver, You know, to have all those roles on your lap at once and figuring out how to say, okay, we need a mental health break here, and knowing that it's okay to take one is really, really important. And so I think about some basic mindful practices that I would also suggest um, getting into a routine. And there's just some simple questions. that you, as the adult, can ask yourself each day, and that is, what do I need to focus on today? And then asking your child, what do you, you know, what do you need for school today, or what do you need? Um, what's important in your day today? What am I grateful for? What you know, and ha- and having that practice of appreciation of noticing things that matter to us every day gives us that hope and that optimism to keep moving forward and then what do we need to let go of you know what are the things that cause us to feel a bit anxious um i'm sorry i have my my phone's ringing in the background um and how can we work through those things if we have them and as we do that on a daily practice of you know taking the time to chat we can have um we can find that that anxiety drops away a little bit just by having that space to breathe and to interact with each other about what are what's on our mind
0: yeah thank you so much sorry i didn't mean to cut you off was there was there more or was
1: no that's a that's kind of a good segue to just move into whatever you know you have in sure. mind today
0: yeah no, appreciate it. i mean you know, i i had to start taking notes because what you shared with us um brought to mind a lot of different things um certainly i guess kind of doubling back to the beginning and, and leading through what you just shared um I really appreciate that you mentioned um, the adjustment to a new routine because routine, as you said, does create a sense of safety for for children and for adults as well. And that's really the hardest part, I think, or one of them anyways, is is creating a new routine, but still recognizing that that can be a helpful a helpful thing. Uh, you also mentioned um, the importance of non-screen time, taking breaks, and really uh, the members of a household interacting in other ways. And that reminded me of um, some of the other work I'm involved in with with Taos Alive. And they call it a protective factor. But basically, all of the data, including data from here in Taos County, from the Youth Risk and Resiliency Survey, says that um, an important factor in how um, the degree to which a young person avoids um, being in a situation where they're misusing drugs and such is simply having an adult who cares about them and shows that by asking questions about uh, how they're doing, um, how school is going. And and it's interesting because it really is uh, an additional layer, even beyond the parents now being uh, kind of co-teachers, but to have parents perhaps be in a position to ask even more questions about how is school going um, and being open to those conversations and being supportive uh, as everybody struggles to certain degrees through this. And um, it's a lot for everybody, <laughs> but-
1: It is, it really is.
0: Weird.
1: That reminds me in the first place, I read that factoid about the importance of every student having, um, having an acknowledgement that somebody cares about them and knows them really well as
0: a person.
1: Yes. And that's considered the number one factor for, for graduating from high school. Mm
0: -hmm. and,
1: and, and feeling like you're, you're ready to embark on life or college or whatever, whatever direction you're heading is that somebody, um, knows you well in your school, someone in your family knows you well, and that you can count on them. And any, any child who has that already has like just a, a, a leg up, so to speak, um, for success. And it made me think about, cause I was talking to one of my young students yesterday and the parent and a couple of the teachers in a meet. And, um, we were looking at that when we feel isolated, which isolation is such a piece of this time, um, because we're being asked literally to do that for our own self and, um, our own self-health and protection and safety is to reach out instead of, instead of going inside ourselves, you know, and, and, you know, going to that more depressed place when we feel isolated or afraid to try something or that we don't understand something that we need that list beside us. If it's, children and parents working together to make a list or um, a parent or a child reaching out to their teacher and, and working to build a list of who are my helping hands in my life? Who do I, who can I turn to when I don't know what to do or I don't understand my work or I don't, um, you know, feel safe right now? And so kids... Kids need that explicit conversation that helps them acknowledge and and then the opportunity to practice at a time when it's not a crisis or it's not a time they're feeling bad that, you know, those that they get to try it, practice reaching out and communicating with others or having a conversation and knowing, knowing their teacher or someone who cares for them.
0: Yeah. Well, as, as expected, but even more so, this time completely flew by <laughs> and we have yeah. a minute left, um, but it, it is a good way to wrap it up that you uh-huh. as a school administrator and uh, as a message to parents and students um, and from my work as well. Similarly, uh, I really do encourage and we encourage uh, students and adults to feel comfortable communicating with each other and with the school. Um, mm-hmm. We're all frustrated. And... Um, we all understand that we want to be heard. And I think that uh, schools and and school staff are even more um, interested in hearing from parents than parents might think.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And in this particular time, all the support services and social services that are out there to help families are really taking a very non-punitive approach right now, and that they just really want to be that help, And your school is really one of your first places to go. And your child's teacher is, is that frontline person when it's not a medical concern and it's um, a well-being concern that, that the teachers are there for the students and they want to help solve those problems and make connections um, with the
0: children. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us today and sharing all of those great ideas. Um, we really appreciate it and we appreciate the work you do in the community.
1: Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to get to have a conversation with you today, Miles.
0: Paso a paso. Podcast.